Welcome to the Amazing Applications Show, a podcast for people who want to build amazing, agile Microsoft business applications that everyone will love. Hi, I'm your host, Neil Benson. I've been a Microsoft Business Applications MVP since 2010, and my goal on this show is to help you slash your project budgets, reduce your delivery timelines, mitigate technical risks, and create amazing, agile Microsoft Dynamics 365 and Power Platform applications. Welcome to another Q&A episode. One of my Agile coaching clients recently asked me about the structure that they should put in place for an enterprise project to build a Dynamics 365 application for an international not-for-profit organization. In this episode, I'm going to describe a model structure for an enterprise business applications project to implement either Dynamics 365 or Power Platform applications. This is based on my last five years of experience working on two large-scale projects to build business applications that are used across the enterprise and where the project team is you know, 50 or more people, and the projects have lasted a couple of years and where tens of millions of dollars has been invested. Of course, not every business apps project reaches that kind of scale, but these enterprise projects present special scaling challenges that you might not find in smaller projects. I do get asked about smaller projects quite a bit, in particular, how to apply Scrum to very small projects where a team of people is building an application in a few months. And we'll tackle that in a future episode. But for now, let's go back and look at our enterprise project question. I'd like to emphasize that I'm not recommending this structure for your specific project. If you're practicing an empirical approach, then you know it's almost impossible to start building a complex product with a perfect set of teams. You're going to need to inspect and adapt your project structure and discover what works best for you. What I'm about to describe is a model structure based on what worked for my Microsoft customers. One was a university where I ran a delivery team for a global systems integrator. And the other was a financial services organization where I ran the delivery team of freelance contractors and client resources. You'll find show notes, including a PowerPoint presentation illustrating my model project structure at customary.com slash 017. Customary is the word customer with a Y on the end. Let's start with the different groups that are needed to execute a successful project to build an amazing business application. There are six of them. The product owner group. This group is responsible for the product backlog. It's led by the lead product owner and includes domain product owners and subject matter experts. The change group is responsible for business change and user adoption. It's led by the change lead and includes process analysts, if you're uh, doing business process re-engineering, and people responsible for business change, communications, adoption, uh, user feedback, training content, and training delivery. Quality group, responsible for ensuring the product meets the Microsoft customer's security, performance, and quality standards. It's led by the quality lead and includes people responsible for test automation, performance testing, acceptance testing, data quality, system integration testing, and security testing. The delivery group. This is the core team or teams responsible for building, 
are Dynamics 365 or Power Platform applications and often has sub-teams within it responsible for other things like systems integration and data migration. The Architecture Group is responsible for ensuring our applications meet the organization's architecture standards and for facilitating and documenting the design of our new business application. The Project Management Group Our business applications project management group are often part of the organization's project management office, the PMO. It's led by a project manager and can include a risk manager, project coordinator and project scheduler. That's six groups, product ownership, change, quality, delivery, architecture and project management. Your enterprise project might have more or fewer groups than this, but I hope that this is a useful starting point for considering how to structure your project or compare your project structure to my baseline. Now, let's take a look at some of the key roles group by group. The lead product owner. The lead product owner is the person ultimately responsible for the value of the business application to the organization and the success of the project to build it. They need to have sufficient authority from the project sponsor and from the organization's executives to prioritize the product backlog. They're often senior leaders trusted by the leadership team to build the best possible product. On an enterprise applications project, it's definitely a full-time position. Seconding a senior leader to the project on a full-time basis is a critical challenge for most Microsoft customers I've worked with. I have worked with lead product owners that are independent consultants. In these projects, they had significant experience working with the organization and were trusted by the organization's leadership team, and they had the capacity to be dedicated to the project. Product owners and subject matter experts. In an enterprise applications project, one product owner, our lead product owner, is rarely going to have sufficient capacity to get everything done. My customers have had additional product owners supporting the lead product owner with their domain expertise so that they can help create and refine items in the product backlog. These domain product owners are often mid-level managers and are also dedicated full-time to the project. In turn, the domain product owners are supported by subject matter experts with deep knowledge of specific areas such as existing applications you might be replacing with a Power Platform or Dynamics 365 application. Subject matter experts are not necessarily full-time to the project but they participate in sprint reviews and in backlog refinement workshops during each sprint. The change lead is a business change management practitioner responsible for ensuring the organization is ready and able to successfully adopt the application. This is another full-time dedicated role leading a team of process analysts, communications, learning and development professionals. Whether you're releasing a lot of small increments or a few large deployments, the change team coordinates the successful transition of your new business application and way of working. They might also be responsible for collecting feedback from user acceptance testing sessions and passing it back to the product owners group. The change lead is another full-time position, and I've seen people in this role be successful, whether they're a customer employee, an independent consultant, or from a specialist change management consultancy. The quality lead is a software quality professional responsible for verifying that the new business applications meet the organization's quality requirements. In an enterprise project, this is another full-time, dedicated role, leading a team of automation engineers and 
testing specialists, looking at performance, security, data quality, and systems integration. User acceptance testing is sometimes coordinated by somebody in the quality team if it's not run by the change lead. I've worked with quality leads from external software quality consultancies several times, and that can be really helpful to ensure the accountability of the delivery group, which is often run by a Microsoft partner. Speaking of which, the delivery lead is responsible for the technical teams that are building the new applications. This is the role that I've occupied in the last couple of major projects. The delivery lead is responsible for managing the resources in the Scrum teams and working with one or more Scrum masters to ensure those teams thrive. I've also had one or more DevOps engineers who sit just outside the Scrum teams. and They're responsible for managing the Power Platform environments, helping the applications team improve their DevOps culture and practices, and assist them with solutions to some of the trickier ALM challenges or the application lifecycle management challenges we're faced with when building complex Dynamics 365 and Power Platform applications. The delivery group is usually comprised of several Scrum teams. And in larger projects, we had separate delivery leads with their own delivery groups responsible for data migration or systems integration. My Scrum teams have included a shared Scrum Master, although you might want a dedicated Scrum Master for each team, depending upon that Scrum Master's experience, and developers who specialize in systems analysis, building applications or professional development, and application testing. Balancing those specialties is a critical responsibility of the delivery lead. A shortage of analysis and the developers won't have enough refined items in the backlog and they'll run out of work. A shortage of developers and your velocity will suffer. Or if you have a shortage of testers, you'll have a lot of unfinished work at the end of each sprint. If you're tempted to run analysis sprints or build sprints or testing sprints, that's a sign that your scrum teams are imbalanced and you need to fix the resource mix instead of running those special sprints. My teams have been resourced from a combination of my customers, developers, who are often new to the Power Platform and are learning as we build the apps, and consulting resources from either my Microsoft partner organization or from a pool of independent contractors. The application testers in my Scrum team are usually borrowed from the client's software testing group or consultants from the software quality consultancy. They could be resources from the Microsoft partner, but again, I like the extra accountability and separation when they're from the customer or from somewhere else. My Scrum teams have usually had one analyst, maybe two, four, five, or six application developers, and two or three application testers, maximum about nine people in total. Your mix will vary depending upon everyone's skills and experience. The lead architect. Maybe my teams are unusual, but the application architecture usually isn't part of the delivery group. It's been the responsibility of the architecture group led by the lead architect. The lead architect is responsible for a couple of things. Ensuring the application is designed as the requirements emerge and before it's being built. And getting the timing right here is a critical skill. Designing too much upfront can be a waste of effort when the requirements change, and designing too late can hold up the delivery group. The architecture team has also been responsible for upholding standards, creating and sharing their designs with the delivery team, and maintaining the as-built design documentation. The developers within the Scrum teams in the delivery group 
of course, have a strong influence on the application design, I don't want to give you the impression that the final design is just handed to them. Having a separate architecture team enables us to evaluate options, research ISV solutions, run procurement, and generally keep the developers from getting dragged into too many meetings. Again, the best architecture teams are a blend of resources from the Microsoft customers and the partners' organizations. So that's it for the most important roles in an enterprise business applications project team. Lead product owner, change lead, quality lead, delivery lead, and lead architect. Oh, project manager. <laughs> How could I forget the project manager? Do we really need a project manager when we're using an agile approach like Scrum? I think we do, yes. <laughs> the project manager is responsible for managing the project risks, the budgets, the schedule, and managing all the contracts with our vendors, consultancies, and contractors. Perhaps you could find a lead product owner who's got sufficient experience and capacity to hold those responsibilities, but I've usually found it's better to find a product owner steeped in business expertise and to find a project manager with the right character and project management experience. The project manager can be supported by a risk specialist, a contracts coordinator, and a schedule coordinator as necessary. Talking about risk management for a moment, Frida Maher, the product owner I worked with at the University of New South Wales, reminded me that an agile approach is designed to enable us to take risks and to experiment with new ideas. Not all risks need to be mitigated and minimised. Frida was, in fact, a little disappointed when our eight-week proof of concept was so successful because it demonstrated to her that we perhaps hadn't been bold enough and we hadn't grasped sufficient opportunities to challenge the status quo. Those kind of risks can be a good thing. And thanks for that lesson, Frida. You can download an editable you can edible you can download an editable PowerPoint slide illustrating the six groups and the lead roles for your own use by visiting customary.com slash zero one seven. And on that page you'll also find show notes, uh, links to some scaled agile resources, and a transcription of this episode. We've got a couple more QA episodes coming up, and then we'll have another season of interviews with Microsoft customers and partners who've built amazing Dynamics 365 and Power Platform applications. And if you'd like to share your story with the amazing applications audience, you can find out more at customary.com slash guest. It's not too late to arrange an interview and tell us all about your amazing application. That's it for this episode. Thanks for listening. I appreciate you downloading this podcast and squirting it into your ears. Please remember, if you find it useful, subscribe and share it with your connections on LinkedIn and Twitter. Until next time, keep sprinting. <laughs>